Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. I had to go about it, write it out. Fun Daily, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, Edgbaston Day 4, what a day it was for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary, Jeff tell us about it, somehow, good luck, 30 seconds, go. Joe Root starts the day like a wild man, reverse scooping for six, doing all kinds of things, and then big booming in-swinger from Pat Cummins, demolishes Ollie Pope, stumps uh, Brooke, goes on with Root, they both make 46, they're both out to Nathan Lyon, Stokes and Bairstow, they keep swinging, Lyon, Cummins, take care of them, the tail comes in, they add 63 between them, they get England up to 273, that's a lead of 281, and then Australia, they're cruising, 61 for none, everything's good, and then David Warner, Nick Robinson, Broad comes in, Smith, Labuschagne, not in that order, but it doesn't matter, both edging behind, they're three for 107, they've got heaps to do on the last day. You have done extremely well there. I feel like you might have had a little rehearsal before to get all the information in, and well done for you for doing it. Uh, that is a great day. 11 wickets, 352 runs in about 85 overs. It should have been 98, but let's not talk about that today. The, uh, the way in which the rhythms of test cricket can sometimes just fit so neatly mm-hmm. into what's came before it. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is we had three days building towards, you know, the cliche big first session. And even that was divided in two. The first hour where England added, well, first portion I should say because it wasn't an hour was it they were it was an extended first session sure well, I've got it written down here it was 91 it was, it was 91 15 runs minutes beyond the original timing right yeah. so 91 runs in 88 balls then 26 runs in 71 balls where Australia take wickets and tie things up and Lyon gets in the yep. game and Stokes shuts up shop and that comes after Root and Pope put on 
50 and 45 balls, but that counts some of the balls from yep. last night. Their first six overs today were totally outrageous. You I, probably can tell, could have I can tell you what happened today. The first 39 balls, they made 49 runs. Okay, well, that before, sounds about right. Before Pope got out. I mean, you could write made, a, what, 14 of them? You could write a, you could write a, book, a book chapter sure. on the first four balls that Scott Boland bowled today. You know, Root, as he does so brilliantly, dictating terms, leaping out of his crease, clipping through mid-wicket with a gorgeous shot to get moving getting sent back into his crease because Kerry comes up to the pegs, then reverse lapping the next two balls, one for six down right yep. pretty much where we are, and one for four the next delivery. It was just like... Having already tried it, literally the first, first ball, ball of the, of the day, day, and missed. Yeah. And that was from Cummins. Length, in, Cummins is bowling half an over because he bowled three balls before they got sent off for rain yesterday. Um, and literally the first ball of the day, it's like Roots just picking up where he left off in innings one. Normally that would be Hall of Fame, but it was literally first ball of the day. You can't, you can't gloss over that at the start. Tries to scoop, misses, and goes, oh, well, I'll just get the next one, which he did. You know, the, the, we spoke a little bit last night, and I did elsewhere too, about um, Ben Stokes always saying, we'll get out of trouble the way we get into trouble. And the fact that Root was willing to take on that degree of risk mm. from ball one against Cummins. And I'm not saying the shot's especially risky for him with his execution, but first ball of the day, you're getting your iron again. Um, if that ball's online and he misses, then he looks a fool, all of those other competing factors. Sure. It is such a ballsy play. And even though it doesn't work, it does get in the Australians' heads in mm. the way that Bazball has been so effective of doing. If Once you can get bowlers knocked off their lines and lengths, Boland, case in point, uh, and not to say Boland bowled poorly, but he was predictable. And that gave Root the chance to play on his terms at the start and yep. like, yeah it was it was a crazy start and that wasn't even like the Winviz predictor today was all over the place it was a complete roller coaster because each half an hour yep. it felt like that test I've referred to before Jeff at Lords in 2016 between England and Pakistan where yep. you could never quite pick who the favourite was and I think Australia were always behind in this test match until quite deep into today and they finally reached parity, sure. and then they got ahead for a while. Yep. Now England have dragged it back late, a and they're probably bit. at parity again. I had a feeling, basically all day, I thought, if England gets a 250, that will be hard to chase last, yep. because you know there's been a little bit of inconsistency in the pitch, a couple will keep low, and you just have the pressure of trying to win a test match. Yep. And not everybody can come out and Johnny Best over fourth innings and just say, oh, well, I'll just smash 100 at a run a ball. Other players and other teams don't do that and haven't done that. They don't have the practice at trying to do that. And so that was always going to be a difficult target to chase. Australia don't have a history, a recent history of chasing big targets in the fourth innings. They rarely play that way. They either lose by a lot or they win by a lot. And they, they win early, they put big innings together, or they're so far behind the game that it doesn't happen. We've right. talked about this before. Yeah. The number of, like You very rarely see Australia bat out for a draw, at least in our era, maybe in, the, in this millennium. There wasn't a lot of, we're going to bat for two days for a draw. It's like, oh, well, we're going to get out in two sessions attacking because that's just, in some way it's just not the way that Australia have played. Like they it, it went needed, out of fashion. I mean, remember yeah. when Australia was set 500 at Perth in 20, 2016, the test sure. they eventually lost by a long way. Michael Clark on telly at the time saying, well, all we need to do, Australia, all we need to do is make um, 500 runs in four sessions. You break it down, that's easy. And you're like, well, no, no, no. You know, yeah. maybe batting for four sessions to save a test could be possible, but racking up 500 can't. It was a mindset shift that probably sure. took until Dubai in 2018 to get over that But that's the hurdle. only example. That yeah. is literally yeah. the only one. So I was looking at those numbers tonight. Their last 300-plus run chase was Pat Cummins on debut in 2011. And there's not a lot and of them. I don't think there's been many around this. This is the sweet spot, right? 281 sure. feels 
glorious. It feels very 2005 sure. energy. A lot of people, including myself, have been talking about the fact that in 05, uh, Australia was set 282, and it's hard not to get drawn into that when it's been a test as equally compelling as it was here, what are we, uh, 17 years ago, sure. 18 years ago. Sure, um, But yeah, in terms of though, well, there have been 21, I think, off the top of my head that were more than 250 set um, to Australia, th that Australia was set to win in the fourth inning since right. that day. They've uh, drawn two and they've lost 20. So okay. there have been 20, 22 that have been set, sorry. So if, if the run chase has been under 250, they've got all of them except for the one in Bangalore, where, they, where India bowled them out for yep. 188. Um, but anything above 250, they haven't got. They've had a couple of draws and, and lost everything else. Okay. And, and yeah, there have been some huge ones where they're set five or 600, but again, they haven't been able to bat for draws in, the, in those matches. So it's interesting that, I mean, Australia just aren't a fourth innings team in the modern era. They haven't had any notable fourth innings as a batting team. They've had quite a few notable ones as a bowling team when they've lost conceding big scores. So it's just interesting that's the way things have panned yeah, well, out. Yeah, although I do have the experience of being under a lot of pressure at indoor on that final morning. I know they were only chasing about 100, but it, maybe it was 100 and a little bit, but it felt like it felt like 400 on the basis of, of that pitch. Yeah. So they do have in that dressing room, Travis Head, who was instrumental in the victory that day. He'll be next yep. in because Scott Boland walked out as night watchman. He has his highest test score at the moment, by the way. Boland's on 17, 17 13, yep. 13 from 19 balls. So he's been yep. night watchman a few times in, in test cricket, but this has been the, the most effective of, of those. Yeah, and, and the most daring. They, they sent him out with 20 minutes to go. I mean, that's a lot of work for a night watchman to do, especially one who lasted, what, two balls in the first innings when he just popped yep. the short ball away to, Good point. to, to the bat pad catcher and England thought yeah we've got this guy we'll just wrap him up and then keep bowling at whoever's next and I, it didn't happen. I know I've been sort of critical of what goes on behind us here and the Hollies a little bit on the podcast and some people have picked me up on that. Um, what I will say is the noise generated by this Birmingham crowd when Broad was on a roll late today was outstanding from all over the ground not just that quarter of it. Um, people were just absorbed by every ball you know I think that's what you get it's the payoff for being invested over multiple days is when you get a, a little passage of play that Broad was engineering, you know, all the cliches about with his knees pumping and when he gets on a roll of momentum and whipping so on. Whipping up the crowd. Whipping up the crowd as he does so well. Yeah. Um, 36 years of age, but he's doing it. The longevity, right? So he started bowling at Ashes uh, defining spells in 2009 at the Oval, then there's 2013 at Durham, 2015 at Nottingham. I mean, mm -hmm. if he goes out tomorrow mm -hmm. and takes five or six and wins a test match, it won't be the, the decisive test match like it was in the aforementioned three, but it will go a long way to England winning the series. Yep. And who would have thought that two weeks ago when he was likely to be the fourth seamer, i.e. not picked this week, mm. that he'd end up being by far England's most effective bowler in the Test well, match. He, he had to play this week. And you mentioned Durham. I was getting real Durham 2013 vibes from this setup of this this match situation. That was 299 to chase. This is 281. Yep. You've got Warner at the top of the order playing well and then getting out. You've got a uh, senior in age terms left-hander partnering Warner with having a career revival. You've got Steve Smith in the middle order there. You've got a big blonde all-rounder at number six with a big okay. front pad. So you mean the Kwaja um, Rogers comparison? Yeah, the Kwaja yeah. Rogers. There's the Watson um, Green. Like there are a lot of things coming together, and then Stuart Broad coming in and well, I mean he ended up taking six for at Durham in a burst late late on that last day. But what he did late on this fourth day here was it just it just felt similar. And I remember sitting there at, when they were about 40 for none, and I was talking to a couple of my English colleagues saying they're saying, "Well, this will be easy," and I was like, "There's going to be a wicket." And then Broad is going to take two, and they're going to be three down at stumps. I could just feel it. I could feel it. Like it was going to happen. I think and that's I exactly what panned out. I said on comms something like Australian, the Australian pair are going to have to get themselves out here because Moeen at one end bowling without an index finger, 
and you've got Robinson down the other end who bowled a couple of half trackers to Warner that sat up to be mauled. I think one yep. to Kawaja, one to Warner to be fair. Yep. But both got absolutely mauled through the onside, pulling from pretty much stump height because yep. there was no venom in it. He looks knackered um, despite I mean, they bowled on a couple of consecutive days. He just looked genuinely tired and short of a gallop perhaps. Mm. Um, then he got the cross seamer to rear up a little bit and it's not a high percentage delivery of the cross seamer because they bowled a bit in one day cricket but if he hits the shiny side of the ball it might bring the stumps into play. That must have hit the side seam because it, or the actual seam of the ball, sorry, because it did rear up and did get some extra bounce, which yep. is what undid Warner. It's just a small, tiny deviation. Mm -hmm. Then the wobble seam delivery, well, it wasn't even wobble seam really, it was more an outswinger um, that, that sorts out um, uh, Marnus, Marnus Labuschagne. Yep. Uh, which is the second in the in the thread? Yeah, and that uh, and perfect length as well. He yeah. can't he can't resist playing at it. Just feels for it a little bit. Um, and then Smith, it, we I had to be leaving there. Love yeah. a shame. We shouldn't gloss over the fact that was bad bit of cricket. Yeah. Like, you know that that is Sky did a good um, uh, compendium, if you want to call it that, of all the balls that have been in a similar zone and how Labuschagne was playing all of them and how far. They actually were outside the off stump. And that's partly a tribute to the skill of Broad and Anderson because of the wobble seam phenomenon. They make you play at balls that you otherwise should be leaving. Right, and, because and the, you're worried they might come in. Precisely. Mm. And I think that's that's part of the story there. Yeah. As for the ball to um, Smith, he bowled a booming in-swinger a couple of balls before. You know, vociferous appeal for leg before. It, and it hit the edge of the bat just in front of the back pad. It would have been out had it been on the pad, bowled a very similar delivery. Smith placed just inside the line, didn't quite move as much, through to Bairstow, takes his third catch, and and then they're in, they're, I wouldn't say they're in the hole, mm. but I mean, if Smith or Labuschagne's there tomorrow morning, we're having a different conversation right yeah, now. Yeah, and there's a lot of work to do. There's the best part of 200 runs to get. They've got uh, Head to come in after the night watchman falls, or if Kawaji goes early, and I mean, if Kawaji goes early, they're in real strife, because then it's, well, you know, how much can you rely on Green and Carey, um, still two relatively inexperienced players in this side, even though, yeah, they've been they've been there, been there and thereabouts for a couple of years, um, but you're asking a lot of them. I mean, Carey's delivered with the bat. We didn't even really talk about him in the first innings when we did the daily that day, and how important that 66 was from him after two contributions in the World Test Championship final that were important as well. But it's a lot to ask someone to, to back that up, say, four times in a row. I just think the fact that he's keeping so well at the moment and he's making runs, I would back yeah. Kerry tomorrow. He completed his third stumping of the match today, yep. which was a decisive moment route on 45, who was doing as he pleased. He truly was batting on a different, on a, well, I say a different surface. It's not been a difficult pitch, but the way he was manoeuvring the fielders around and the way he was attacking at will it was it, it felt to me like well he's making twin tons here this absolutely. is absolutely it was um, locked on i was so like i was negotiating swapping do, writing the australian topic for the sidebar so i could do a joe root one right you know, because yeah. i thought this is this just looks absolutely ironed on well, at that point well the ball at line bowled from around the wicket and to his credit line has been pretty consistent from that angle all week finishes with eight wickets for the match that's outstanding test match in the in the circumstances of the sides uh, England going after him all the time um, but yeah well taken by Kerry who had yep. to move away to his left and um, that's the first time since uh, Matt Wade completed three stumpings at Chittagong in 2017 and before that mm. you've got to go back to the 50s for the another Australian keeper to have three yeah. stumpings in the same test. Well you wait there might be a little bit on this in the Hall of Fame okay. as well um, yeah Harry Brooks sort of does the thing that he does lumps the ball around Hawks, goes good. over cover yeah. um, attacked Lions um, especially is the word I'm looking for in the first two overs Lion bold went for what nine and 13 I yep. think from memory um, and then Lion is kept on gets root out after that um, and then Brooke as well, uh, what, that was just before the break, um, yep. and then Stokes comes in 
Stokes takes a while to get going. That was kind of funny in itself. The you know the boss of Baseball going, no, nah, I'm just going to block a few on the front foot. I'm going to play out a maiden to played Josh out, Hazelwood. He played out pretty much an hour like that. Yeah. Either side of lunch. I think there were nine dot balls after the break as well before he started to sort of move through the gears a little bit. And, and then the he starts charging that, and slicing. Yeah, and the argument was they needed to consolidate at that point. And and Lyon, of course, also gets Bairstow. Yes. Um, reverse sweeping. Gets him leg before. Lion bowled uh, all bar two overs from the Birmingham City end today. Yep. Um, which, again, um, y- y- that's what Australia have right now. A dependable spinner who is set and forget, and England don't have that because Mo and Ali's fingers knackered. Four more wickets for Lyon, so he's up to 495. Wow. Now he's on, on the cusp of that massive milestone. Four more wickets for Cummins as well, who bowled so well. I mean, the you know, there's the one from yesterday, um, the little nick through. There's... The one, the incredible Yorker, the, like it really curved in, was a bit wider on the crease. When you're bowling, you bowl one of those to a number 10 or 11 and they miss it, you're like, well, okay, that looks really great. When you bowl it to a top order player and they just have no hope, I mean, it squeezes under the toe of, of Pope's bat and he just can't get it was, near it. It was a stunning Flatten's delivery. It was a stunning ball. You know, you watch the replay in real time. Yep. Um, the amount of pace and movement and hoop and Cummins can do that. He was trying to get the in-swinging Yorker going at the start of play, misdirected a couple of them. But, I mean, Pope had absolutely no chance. It reminded me of almost Shaab Akhtar. And, yeah, Shaab would hit leg stump more than he would hit off stump. But when you get that, that ball right... That was the thing. You rarely see him hit off yeah, stump. Yeah, when you get that ball right, um, it's a joy. And, it's the, I mean, it's one of the balls of yep. the... I don't know. Balls, well, certainly the ball of the match. Yeah. One of the balls of the year. And one will, I'm sure, reflect on in much the same way we do when he got Root out first ball at Manchester mm. four years ago. And he gets Ben Stokes' leg before one as well. One of the many, many balls of the century, if you will. Yeah. Um, the balls of this century. And, and then the Stokes wicket yeah. is so important because, again, well, he comes around the wicket to the left-hander, gets it to move in. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a shorter length, but it smashes him on the pad, nearly blasts the pad right off. Um, so, you know, they review it because why not? But it's, it's going on to hit three reds. And, I mean, that was so important at that point in time because, again, Stokes was up and running. He was starting to hit out. He was on 43. If he bats for another half hour, maybe he's on 73. And, you know, things have tilted really decisively. Um, and then from the point that Stokes gets out, things slip back England's way because, you know, Mo and Ali club is a couple and then gloves a catch. But the last three, Robinson, Broad, Anderson, they're able to put on... They put on 44 between them, those last three. Yeah, and, and uh, Anderson and... Broad have now got the highest 10th wicket collective partnership ever for England, mostly due to how often they've batted together, but they put on 20-odd, I think it was, in the end, wasn't it? And um, the reverse sweep from Anderson, first ball, which was a joy to behold. Probably Hall of Fame worthy indeed. Why don't we migrate at this particular point as the tractor drives around just behind us, as tractors will at this time of night, to the Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. 
Our friends at Westfield have been doing great things all the way through Father's Day, but that's not where it ends. Well, I can, got... I can tell you one thing. Father's Day might be over here, but in Australia it's in September. Quite. So you could be in the UK and decide to celebrate Southern... It'd be like Christmas in July, but for Father's Day. I know that the conversations we've been having has inspired someone to buy a suit for my wedding there tomorrow. Because they've heard it on the podcast, they're going to get down and get a suit for the wedding that we're having next week. Not me and the person in question, but me and Rachel. Uh, and... And you get out of third, and you they, never know. And, and they might get kitted out at, say, Charles Tirrett to get their okay. accessories, their yep. tie, and the other bits and bobs they might wear. They might buy a gift voucher, which is always a great option, and any number of places you can eat and drink, including Iguanas. Was it Iguana Joe's? No, that was yeah. on the central coast of New South Wales, where Belinda Neal got in trouble all those yeah. years ago. Don't you know who I am? That's one for my old Labor Party yeah. friends. You can't, don't eat or drink Iguanas. The lizards, just go to the, the place, the venue. That's different. All right, Hall of Fame. I'm going to throw in one, well, two for James Anderson and one for the reverse sweep first ball four. I mean, who else was going to do it? Um, uh, Andy Bull was sitting next to me writing a piece about England's reverse sweeps and he wasn't watching that ball and I was like, uh, excuse me, you have one more to add to your list. And he's like, oh, very, very excited I, I went that. up to the balcony and ran over with my camera for his first ball because I knew yeah. he was facing line. I'm like, he's going to play the reverse first ball and captured every frame of it. Um, and <laughs> the other was when Smith was at the non-striker's end and Anderson again does that thing that he discovered to annoy Smith, which is go and field right in front of where he wants to run. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, okay, the ball is coming from around the wicket but you're just going to go and stand right in front of him and then point his ass directly at Smith, sort of get down low in the crouch and kind of like he's just ready to break wind in his general direction, you know, and Smith's just, he's, oh, and he's, he has to run down the pitch really to get around Anderson for a single. How brilliant, speaking of uh, annoying fielding positions, that England uh, deployed the straight hit position today. It's like playing a video game and Ben Stokes was there himself. And he was told by the batters and the umpire, I think Warner and Kowaja plus the umpires, sure, you can field there, but you're not allowed to move. So instead of walking in with the bowler, Ben Stokes stood like a statue as Mo and Ali bowled directly behind him. Again, that's something that you'd see in super international cricket, not, not a test match. And the fields that Stokes was setting, you know, after, after when Boland walked out, when there was a silly point, two leg gullies, uh, a couple in the cordon, a couple of catching covers, I mean, it's... it's it's loose, of course, because yeah. all they're doing is trying to get a wicket. They're not caring about the runs. And when you're defending in the fourth innings, maybe you should have an eye to that. And it meant that Boland did get away before the close of play. I mean, they yeah. put on 18 in 27 balls, and they probably didn't need to. But um, one more wicket tonight, and, yep. and, and, um, and the game feels different tomorrow. So it's a worthy risk, I think. And I'm going to nominate uh, Scott Boland for that little, that little uh, back cut that he played just to the right of Gully, um, guided it away beautifully for four. My last one is uh, when they went out to bowl in the fourth innings and England decided they didn't like the ball they'd selected. So they went up to the umpire and they got the ball box brought back out to them. So there was a two minute delay because they, they realized they made a, an error in the ball they'd selected to bowl with to start. And look, they did a good job of it too because that ball eventually took a while, but towards the end started swinging. All right, well, and eventually it took three wickets. So we're going to be back tomorrow. Yes. Australia 107 for three. That means they need whatever that is 180. They need it not to rain for more than two sessions. I think it, it's possible we'll rock up and it'll be raining tomorrow. The forecast isn't crash hot. 174, I think they need. If, uh, if, if, if you, can, you can imagine an extended 45 over session solving this test match. It's gonna, it's, I think it, well, the forecast is it'll rain in the morning and should clear yeah. up later on. Yeah. So that won't be great if you're trying to stay up late and watch in Australia. But if you fall asleep, you'll have the final word, Ashes Daily, day five. You will indeed. That's brought to you by Westfield, London and Stratford City. Westfield.co.uk forward slash United dash Kingdom forward slash London and find out 300 plus places you can go the biggest shopping centre in Europe. Well, you can't beat that if 
the competition is largest shopping centres in Europe. You can't, you can't do it. Can't anyway. Wouldn't want to beat them. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. This is the final word. Ashes Daily Day Four. We'll see you on Day Five, and we'll tell you all about what happened then. I bet it's a tie. Sorry if I ran out to empty. Wrote this, so you know what I meant. I had to go about it.